everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to Sounds Like a Plan, sustainable investing and wealth planning insights with Bonnie and Lynette on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. I am joined here today by Bonnie Park, Head of Wealth Planning US, as well as Lynette Jefferson, Head of Sustainable Investment and Inclusive Investment Solutions at UBS Global Wealth Management. For today's edition, Bonnie and Lynette will explore why sustainable investing is important to consider in planning conversations. Bonnie, Lynette, welcome to you both. And Lynette, I know you will be leading today's conversation, so I'll pass it over to you. Thank you so much. And we are super excited to have this conversation today. Um, One of the many events, quite frankly, that we have planned for our advisors and clients relating and surrounding Earthday. So we um, can never run out of things to talk about when it comes to sustainable investing. Um, As many of you know, but some of you may not know, that UBS recently made sustainable investment our preferred solution for clients who invest globally. And um, we're going to talk about that today in a bit of a a very different and curated context, but um, from the perspective of how we look at ESG when it comes to financial planning and how clients and obviously our advisors should be having conversations and what the key considerations are when it comes to sustainable investing and financial and wealth planning. So I think um, maybe as a backdrop, because I'm, I'm joined here by my dear friend and esteemed colleague, uh, Bonnie Park, who um, is our leader and visionary for our wealth planning organization and our financial planning organization and is going to be sharing some really key insights um, as to, you know, how we think ESG should be cor- incorporated into a financial plan. But before we do that, I wanted to um, perhaps just set a very brief stage on, on the basics of sustainable investing. So, so really, when, you know, sort of the way you want to think about sustainable investing, it's really a set of investment strategies that incorporate environmental, social, and governance considerations into the investment process, right? So, um, in doing so, right, you have your intention of achieving, um, you know, competitive risk and, um, you know, risk reward uh, concerns while generating positive impact on people and planet. Um, so again, great reason for us to make it our key focus for our investors. We've been a leader in all things sustainable for the better part of 30 years. Um, award-winning research, incredible thought leadership, um, a, a, a you know an award-winning framework in terms of the way we look at it. Um, and so, you know, along those lines, right? When you start to think about how those factors get incorporated into the sustainable investing decision. Right, it, it could be things along the lines of right when we think about the environment, like what does it cover? It's going to cover climate change. It's going to cover things like pollution. It's going to cover things like waste management, right? And and to the extent that companies are making good decisions along those lines, um, you know, when it comes to their operations, we're seeing benefits, right, drop to um, the bottom line and are you know appearing in, in um, investment valuations. Likewise. Um, you know, when we think about the social considerations, right, the S and then ESG has become so prominent, um, particularly in the last 12 to 18 months, right, where, of course, things like human rights, employee and workplace safety, um, you know, these are things that have always been prevalent, but, you know, 
certainly the social injustice and, and many of the inequalities that have come to light in our society really shone a light on, on that factor and companies that are making better decisions along those lines tend to do better. Um, likewise, governance, right? The, the often forgotten G, but that has really sort of been the, the, the a key one of the predecessors, right, to, to the ESG equation. Um, you know, so when you're talking about things like corruption, tax practices, business ethics, board diversity, accountability, right? That's going to be really, really big going forward. That like, you know, who's at the top, who's making decisions and how are they being held accountable, right? Again, better decisions there, better actions there, better actors there, um, again, are, are translating into better value for certain companies. Um, and again, right, we have the UN Sustainable Development Goals, right? UBS is a key signatory with a lot of other, um, of our global, you know, our global family. And, and, and again, that becomes a nice framework, right? When you're thinking about the ESG. So poverty, hunger, health, um, gender equality, as I mentioned, water, decent work, right? Like all of these things, um, that are very key to like day to day life become important contributors in, in the um, and material factors in the investment decision-making process. So with that as the backdrop, Bonnie, right, lots, you know, lots shared there. But, um, you know, if you would, highlight the intersection between, you know, what I've just described at, at its core and the financial planning process. Yeah, and I love, Lynette, first of all, working with you because you have so much passion about helping make the world a better place. And I love that so much. And when it comes to planning, we really want to bring those opportunities to invest in the things that you talked about, right? Environmental, sustainable, uh, social, and, and, and governance. And financial planning, it provides a framework to help you achieve your goals. And so we need to understand what is most important to you. And then we use that to inform appropriate strategies or solutions, whether it's portfolio specific, or it could be insurance, or philanthropy or trust strategies. And when people think about impact, traditionally in financial planning, we think about philanthropy. We think about traditional philanthropy and making donations, writing checks, giving away cash to different um, organizations that we care about. And I think it's so great that we're having this conversation now, Lynette, because so much has happened, so much has evolved. I think particularly there's been an acceleration, I think, of progress in these areas where philanthropy is distinct from sustainable investing. And it's important though to connect the two because if if we know that people have and care about their families, their health, their communities, you know, how can we then magnify their impact to, to improve those things? And so for example, one thing that we talk a lot about in financial planning, particularly over the last year as you talked about, you know, our health concerns, health concerns for individuals, for their families, for their loved ones, their friends, and again, that, that extends towards communities. And so we've seen a lot of momentum around how can I help solve for this, not only for myself, but maybe do I think about making a donation to a hospital? Um, do I think about funding something in healthcare? And again, how can we take that and translate that into investing opportunities, knowing that this is a trend that we have heard from not only from our own um, conversations, but also even coming from our CIO office about the trends in the evolution of technology and healthcare, there are really some interesting investing opportunities. And, you know, when it comes to po these portfolio opportunities, Lynette, I think, you know, you have done such a great job of shining a light on the fact that 
it's not just a product, right? It's not a specific product. It's not even just an asset class. <laughs> so I know that we've come a long way from the olden days where it was really just exclusion. You know, this concept of no sin stocks, no tobacco, no firearms, um, you know, no alcohol. So, you know, I think for us, it's just making sure that people understand that their conversations around planning really should connect to the portfolio decisions that they're making. And, you know, we, you and I have talked a little bit about the flavors of sustainable investing, and you mentioned briefly about enhancing even the return with, with some of these companies that are taking on um, and really focusing on these topics. Maybe you could just give a little bit of uh, some insight into what are some of the developments that you've seen? Yeah, sure. I mean, Bonnie, to be honest with you, I mean, you really touched on something that I think is super important because I still think that, you know, investors as, you know, ESG becomes more prominent. And by the way, I think eventually at some point down the road, and this is my own personal opinion and not, you know, um, not necessarily that of, of UBS, but just based on what I'm seeing, I think that you know, traditional investing and, and, and sustainable investing will converge at some point because of, you know, there are so many factors, right, that, that we as consumers, as humans, uh, therefore companies, governments, sovereigns, um, need to make on a, uh, on a daily basis um, about things, again, like I had mentioned earlier, that pertain to everyday life that I think eventually are going to become quite material. In, in the sustainable um, equation, and therefore, over time, will lead to you know a, a, a strong convergence uh, between the way investors are thinking about um, their portfolios today, um, in the traditional sense, and 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 those uh, moving more towards things that relate to these factors. But I love what you said about philanthropy, right? So that is another big. Um, a part of the of the conversation, and I think um, you know a lot of people tend to start there. But I think what happens is there's a really interesting continuum, and there are key differences between um, sort of an investor's philanthropic pursuit, um, you know, along you know all the way through to to the investment consideration. So whereas in charitable giving, um, you know, you're making donations, you know, maybe to nonprofits, um, really for for causes you know, that, that are important to you, um, but, you know, not looking for any direct financial return, right? Then there's a more strategic way to do that, again, when you're really focused on perhaps the topic, um, all to the point where you start to get really into true sustainable or impact investing. And that's when you're investing with intention, right? Like true intentionality, um, not only on a topic and a cause that you care about, but really generating a measurable financial impact as a result, which differs from philanthropy, right? That sort of sits on the other end of the investment spectrum um, from from an exclusion perspective, which you referenced also, Bonnie, and that's sort of that that very much traditional, sort of where socially responsible investing started. I want to negatively screen, right? I want to, um, you know, take a, I don't want, I can't do, I don't believe in this, get it out of the portfolio approach. Um, but that has led to something that we are really seeing um, in the marketplace, and that is this idea of integration, right, which is a very key flavor and is becoming sort of more, um, uh, you know, the more modern way to think about sustainable investing rather than screening out um, the types of investments or industries you don't want. Again, you're, you're 
rewarding companies with your investments that are making better decisions across all of you know these different factors as it relates to ESG, right? So, so what we're what we're seeing there that's happening um, obviously predominantly in the equity space, right? Where we, where you know and you may look at a company that is actually leading in any one particular area of the environment or social governance perspectives. You look at companies that are improving along those lines, and they, there might be you know investment opportunities that. Um, you, you can capture as companies improve and make better decisions, um, you know, but the same, you know, same phenomenon is, is present on the fixed income side, um, you know, or there are things like green bonds or, you know, multilateral development bonds where, again, direct impact into a, a particular cause, you know, the proceeds of, of, of a raise up are present, um, ETFs, SMAs, pooled vehicles. So, you know, in this environment, really you just have a range of options and you pretty much have the analog to every type of traditional investment um, that, 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 you know, as an investor, you would know and love in the ESG space. So it's a really, really exciting time to be able to pick and choose, um, you know, based on interest, asset classes, um, and, and your portfolio objectives, quite frankly. Yeah. And so as you, as you mentioned, it's kind of such a long way where it's, Really, we just think about it as investing right here at UBS. It's not necessarily, uh, again, a differentiated product or an asset class. And, and, you know, there's so, because there are so many different options, you know, I do think it's important to connect the tactical decisions that, that people have today to that longer term strategy, that longer term asset allocation. And that's why, you know, making sure that the planning lens is incorporated into the portfolio decisions can be really, really helpful because in the planning, uh, you in the planning conversations, we can actually run different scenarios. We can actually stress test different um, assumed return rates, different risk, taking on different uh, asset allocation, making sure that we understand the impact longer term on the overall portfolio, but then also what are some of the trends and making sure that you have the ability still to do everything that you want to do, right? So I think, you know, when we think about potentially a how we want people to reframe how they think about planning and sustainable is, you know, and you mentioned integration already. You know, we talked about conversations and how conversations have evolved. You've talked about how from an investing perspective, how there's been an evolution in product choice and, and asset cost choice now, right? So how do we bring those together? And so we'd love to make sure that people understand that in planning, making sure that we're not just solving for a singular life goal, like funding college or retirement, but it really should allow you to give purpose to your portfolio and making sure that those conversations are integrated. You're always going back to stress test those different scenarios and those different decisions, but then you're able to then make some decisions and take some action when it comes to the investment decisions um, and making sure that they're aligned. So from your perspective, any other kind of last uh, tips that you would give in terms of what people should be thinking about going forward? Um, you know, what's, what's coming, I guess, in 2021? What are some things to, some trends or things to look for? Oh, sure. I'm just happy, you know, happy to, to touch upon that. I do want to, um, I feel like I would be remiss, you know, before I sort of like to close out with my forward-looking kind of statements around, you know, the trends that we are observing, um, you know, in terms of our interactions with clients and advisors, I really do want to address this notion of just performance, right? And and you touched on it briefly, but we are 
you know, starting to see that more and more investors, in fact, you know, six, five investors, um, you know, in, in, in some surveys have indicated that they are interested, at least in understanding the impact of SI, and 93 of, of those believe in its ability to, um, or the style of investing, uh, its ability to create change and, and generate impact to some extent. So those, you know, that's a good backdrop. So, you know, the, the willing audience and, and the openness to, you know, learn more about sustainable investing as far as it relates to portfolios is there. But what we are seeing and what we believe as a firm, right, is that sustainable investments have shown us that over the long term, right, we are seeing that they deliver comparable, if not better, financial returns than traditional investments. And that's part of the reason that UBS made FIR preferred solution, right? Like, we, we don't go backwards. We, um, you know, we're always doing what is in the best interest of our clients. Um, we saw that in 2020, we, you know, we're seeing that again, strong performance in 2021. And so any myths around that, you know, can easily and continue to be categorically put to bed um, as we move through time. But I think as far as recommendations, listen, I think if, you know, advisors, right, you should be having these conversations with clients. I mean, in between um, these conversations today with Bonnie, I've been on a number of advisor and client calls already, right, um, with advisors who are talking about clients where there's a generational wealth transfer that is about to occur, wanting to know more about sustainable investing. Our ultra high net, our, our advisors that service ultra high net worth clients, right, what is happening from a, from a social impact perspective. So I would say, you know, learn all that you can to be able to have those conversations with clients and clients have those conversations with your advisors, right? At any point in the relationship, planning and over the life cycle of the relationship. I would also say there are tons of resources out there. What we're beginning to do now is see a lot more personalization and customization with these products. Products are becoming more themed. Also, so we're, you know, getting demand for products in the green tech space and the, you know, the ad space, the food revolution, products related to diversity, equity, and inclusion. So those are the types of things that I think are going to continue to be prevalent as well as, you know, just unique structures, right? Like more innovative ways to drive value to portfolios. Um, again, lots of things going on in the space, but UBS, um, fortunately, with a lead position, have... Um, develop tons of resources for both advisors and clients to be able to um, really unlock value when it comes to um, exploring the use of sustainable investments in portfolios. So um, with that, Bonnie, I'll, I'll turn it back over to you to, to close, and I thank you for the opportunity to have this chat with you this afternoon. And again, I love hearing you talk about all of the different aspects of what you do. It's so inspiring. It really is. And I hope that, you know, we can continue to have these conversations and make sure that people are aware of all the options that they have to connect again and to give purpose to their portfolio. So love being on here with you, Lynette, and happy to come back anytime. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me and always a pleasure, Bonnie. Thank you. 
Well, Lynette Bonney, thank you very much for your time, your insights, and for joining us here on the UBS Conversations podcast channel. And we'll, of course, look forward to picking the conversation back up again with you next month. Again, today we've been joined by Bonnie Park, Head of Wealth Planning U.S., as well as Lynette Jefferson, Head of Sustainable Investment and Inclusive Investment Solutions for UBS Global Wealth Management. The UBS Conversations podcast channel is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. Sustainable investing strategies aim to incorporate environmental, social, and governance, or ESG, considerations into investment process and portfolio construction. Strategies across geographies and styles approach ESG analysis and incorporate the findings in a variety of ways. The returns on portfolios consisting primarily of sustainable investments may be lower or higher than portfolios where ESG factors, exclusions, or other sustainability issues are not considered and the investment opportunity these available to such portfolios may also differ. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.